and welcome to the Keeping Abreast podcast with Dr. Jen, the show dedicated to empowering women through knowledge, tools, and resources to take control of your breast health journey. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Simmons, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this insightful and inspiring journey. As a breast cancer surgeon turned functional medicine physician, I'm on a mission to empower women to live their breast. I mean, best lives. This podcast dives deep into all topics related to breast health, including prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and holistic approaches to support overall well-being. You know what I say, breast health is health. So no matter who you are, a breast cancer survivor, newly diagnosed, in treatment, living with metastatic disease, or you're simply seeking to improve your breast health, this podcast is for you. Join us on this transformative path towards better breast health and a thriving life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back to the Keeping a Breast podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Simmons. And today I have with me a woman who needs no introduction. <laughs> I have Dr. Veronique Desolier, better known as Dr. V, the breast cancer conqueror. And we have spent the better part of the last year recording a summit. And our summit is going to go live next week, which is super exciting because it was a labor of love. I know for both of us, it was a huge commitment and a huge undertaking, but one that I think is really important. Absolutely. Uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do for years, but I did not want to take it on on my own. Yeah. Um, as you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a commitment of time and, uh, it, you know, but it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, the, the speakers that we've gathered together, um, you know, what I'm most excited about is that there are some breakthroughs concerning breast cancer and women out there need to hear about these breakthroughs. And so the speakers that we interviewed, uh, some professionals, some women who've gone through the healing journey and, and are now no evidence of disease. And, you know, they're thriving, they're doing well. And their testimony as to breast cancer does not need to be a death sentence. It does not have to be anything that you fear that if you follow the process, your body can heal. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the things that you said so beautifully and eloquently when we started off doing this is that you wanted to give women an opportunity to put their diagnosis be behind them and to go on living the rest of their lives rather than being defined by this disease and being a victim of this disease, instead creating an opportunity to live your best life. And so I would love it if you would just start by sharing your story because it is so important and it is so motivational. Oh, well, thanks. Um, you know, I'm just like any of you that may be out there listening. Um, I did not ever think breast cancer would be part of my life, but um, 23 years into my practice as a chiropractor, I was in the shower and I was doing a breast exam and, you know, bam, felt that lump that changed the course of my professional and personal life forever. Uh, and I chose at the time not to do anything conventional wise as far as treatments. So I did everything naturally. And um, after two years, I was able to say by the scans and the blood work and everything that, you know, there was no evidence of disease that I had healed. Um, 
So I had the idea and several, several of my colleagues were kind of edging me on, you know, you should share this story because other women need to hear about this. So in 2012, I threw up a website, had no idea what I was doing. And <laughs> really, I mean, I just thought, okay, let's see what happens. And before I knew it, you know, women were emailing me from literally all over the world. And I started coaching women and teaching them the process that I used. And, um, you know, I, I had to sit down when I first discovered that lump, you know, I had to really ask myself, you know, how could somebody like me develop breast cancer? Because I thought I was doing everything right. Mm -hmm. You know, ate organic before organic was in style and exercised and, you know, had home births, breastfed the children, you name it, I did it. Um, so I, I, I wanted a process that I could follow so that I could feel like I was checking off all the boxes. And that's how I came up with the seven essential system. You know, it's a step-by-step -step process that if you follow, you never have to fear breast cancer or any disease for that matter. So fast forward nine years, I'm the breast cancer conqueror and um, I'm feeling terrible. I'm stressed. I'm working from sunup to sundown, helping women to which is so common because when you are that provider for other people, and I mean your patients, I mean your family, I mean your husband, I, I mean when you are that provider, you put yourself last. Yeah. And that's a trait of women with breast cancer, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. We always put everybody, everybody first. Um, so I found myself with another lump in my breast and... Um, I created the perfect storm for breast cancer to show up again. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. My hormones were off. I had some dental issues that needed to be addressed. And so, you know, this time it was a little bit more difficult for me because I, I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. You know, here I am, the breast cancer conqueror. And yet, you know, I'm facing it again. You know, did the system really work? Am I a fraud? What's going on? So I just really changed how I lived in my life. Number one was the first thing. So I cut back on coaching. I didn't coach one-on-one -on -one anymore. I trained coaches to do that. And I really cut back on my work and I allowed myself the time to do what I needed to do to really heal my body on all levels and really dive deeper into the seven essentials. So it took me three years to heal and that was uh, 2018. So here we are, um, what, six years. So it's going to be six years. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, you know, you are testimony to this can be done, but it takes that level of recognition that because so many times people come to me and say the same exact things that you said, like, I'm doing everything right. How could this happen? And um, I know when I was on my own healing journey, like it takes a lot of humility to say, maybe I'm just not doing the things that are right for me. And, and what appears to be the picture of health isn't always, and we all have to be honest with ourselves in saying like, you know, I'm not doing the things that are right for me. No. Uh, and it's not about blame or shame, right? We're not, we're not torturing ourselves saying we caused this. We're saying, here's an opportunity. I, I have an opportunity presented to me and I can choose. I can choose to stay on this same path and roll the dice on what's going to happen, or I can choose to change it. And I love your book because it really does give people the path to healing, right? And it's so empowering. 
And that, again, is why we decided to do this summit, because there are breast cancer breakthroughs. It's called the Breast Cancer Breakthrough Summit, because there are breast cancer breakthroughs, and there are so many opportunities that are not discussed within the confines of conventional medical treatment. So, you know, when you get a diagnosis from a surgeon or the radiologist or whoever gives you your diagnosis you're put on a track. You go see the surgeon, go see the medical oncologist, go see the radiation oncologist. And never are they really talking about how to empower yourself for healing. They're not really talking about healing at all. Right. It's the fight against the cancer that's in your body. That thing, they're not looking at your whole body, your whole self. And what, what is the root cause? What allowed this cancer to show up in the first place? Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty. And, and, you know, you were in conventional medicine for, you know, 20 some years Mm -hmm. as a very famous, you know, really good breast surgeon. So you have seen both sides of the coin and, you know, I really applaud you for embracing, you know, the, the, the journey and, and being able to offer a whole lot more to women than just what medical conventional medicine had to offer. Yeah. But it was the same fear for me. I mean, it's scary to walk outside of those lines. And I know so many women are terrified not having surgery or not having chemo or saying no to the hormonal drugs, saying no to radiation. It's very scary. And women get not only internal pressure, but a lot of external pressure, right? Your doctor says you're not doing the right thing. Your best friend says you're not doing the right thing. Your husband says you're not doing the right thing. There's a lot of pressure to conform to those conventional medical treatments. And many times in the summit, it comes up, we are not saying no one should do conventional medical treatment right? That is not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is that there is so much more. And the truth is that health doesn't happen inside a doctor's office, a hospital, an operating room, a chemotherapy suite, a radiation suite. Health happens at home. And the only person that can make you healthy is you. And whether or not you choose to do those conventional therapies is up to you. But that we wanted everyone to know that there's so much more. Yes. So I know I went through the list of my favorite Mm -hmm. talks because there are like 50 some of them. So there's a lot. And I hope that people watch them all because I think that, you know, they wouldn't be there if they didn't have value. Um, And, and I really, when I was looking through the list, I was like, how am I going to choose just five? Because they were all so, so, so good. But how did you deal with choosing your five? And who 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 would you like to highlight first? <laughs> so it was a tough choice. So I, I chose personal stories and I chose some professional stories as well. So I want to start with Tara, Tara Coyote. Um, she started off as a, a client of ours. Um, I don't even know how many years ago. And she was doing really well uh, with natural healing. And that was her goal. She wanted to heal breast cancer naturally. And she had a turn of events in her life with her uh, horse sanctuary and a lot of financial stress. And she had to sell her horse farm. And it was it was very, very traumatic and stressful for her. So guess what happened? You know, the the cancer took off in a raging fire. 
she ended up moving to uh, Hawaii, where she was originally from, and her father, where her father was from as well. And they have a very different approach. I mean, they still have conventional medicine, but they, you know, they have a kind of a milder aloha type of approach to, mm -hmm. to healing. And it got so bad. Um, she had stage four. I mean, her, her hips were, were breaking, her pelvis was cracking, lungs, I mean, ev everywhere. She couldn't even breathe. And they basically gave her a choice. You know, you can go to hospice or you can do chemo. And we believe that the chemotherapy that we've chosen for you is going to help. So she chose to face her demons and face her fears. And, you know, fast forward several years later, she has now no evidence of disease. And so to me, that's testimony that, you know, there are times when for whatever reason, you know, the cancer is, is very aggressive and keeps, you know, doesn't respond as well as we'd like it to. And so that's where conventional medicine comes in. It slows out, slows down the fire. It can, you know, some of the drugs they use can really help give your body some reprieve and heal. So, you know, now she's, you know, she's written several books and she's, you know, teaching other women about how to face their demons and to have a balanced approach that it doesn't have to be one or the other, but it can yeah. be both. Yeah. And I think the important part of that is that, I mean, listen, when you are, when you have an overwhelming tumor load, right? And your proverbial sink is overflowing, you're going to need help, right? Your immune system, which is the thing that keeps cancer intact, is totally overwhelmed at that point. It needs support. So chemotherapy in that instance is mopping up the floor, right? But unless you figure out why your sink is overflowing and turn off that faucet, it's never going to be a long-term solution. So I think of the conventional treatments as the or, sometimes you need them, sometimes you don't, but the personal work that you're going to do is always your and, right? I, I think you have to do the personal work. And then maybe, maybe there, is, there are times when the conventional roots are necessary. Maybe there are times when they are advantageous. But the, the question of why the cancer is there has to be answered. And it's not always an easy answer. You, you know, for some people, you had a death in the family, you got divorced, you had a move. Like for some people, it's, it's obvious what, what threw off your balance. And for other people, it's much more subtle. Um, and I think that that's why I liked... Sharon Stills talk so much. I interviewed Sharon. Um, Dr. Stills is just a brilliant practitioner. And she talked about cancer grows where cancer is invited. Mm. And really looking at the environment that is being created and asking, what is that environment inviting? Because if that is an environment that's filled with stress, or you have microinfections because you have ongoing issues with your mouth or parasites or unresolved trauma, you have to think about what that environment is inviting. And you can see cancer as your opportunity to either 
change that environment and create one that welcomes health and, and, um, and the feelings that you want to have, or you can choose to stay in that place, but that it is a choice. Uh, and I was just, I was just communicating with someone this morning who said that, you know, she's, she's really worried about recurrence and her life is filled with fear and sadness. And all I could think of is you are paving the path to recurrence Mm -hmm. and that we all, we all can choose to see life differently. And even if you do have a recurrence, like your story, even if you do have a recurrence, that again is not a death sentence, unless you decide that that's your death sentence. Exactly. Yeah. We can again, choose to realign with our values. Yeah. And if you understand what cancer is, what cancer is not, and you understand about, you know, the, the medical approach is to kill the cancer, get rid of the tumor, but there's the underlying root of those can- circulating tumor cells and stem cancer, breast cancer, stem cells, that those need to be addressed as well, along with the lifestyle and the mindset. I mean, there's, there's no reason to, to fear. And I, I, have, I, I love that because I see women come to us and they're like deer in headlights. But after they understand, you know, they go through the program and the training, there's no fear anymore. And they, you know, they're very diligent about what they need to do to prevent a recurrence. So nice to see that. Yeah. And I I think what you give them is purpose, right? And we know that purpose drives life. So it's amazing. Who's next on your list? And so I chose Dr. Isaac Elias. Um, brilliant, He's amazing, brilliant doctor. Um, you know, his heart, his heart it just shines through. And um, he's the creator of the modified citrus, citrus pectin from Econugenics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done clinical studies with institutions like Harvard and Columbia <clears throat> to show that integrative therapies are very, very beneficial. But one one thing that really struck me, and, and this is something that I learned about during my second healing journey, was an inflammatory marker called galactin-3 mm-hmm. that is a huge um, factor in suppressing your immune system and, and causing metastasis and growth. So when I learned about that, and I learned that modified citrus pectin can actually tamper down that inflammatory marker, it was it was such a game changer for me. So this is something that we recommend to all our clients, uh, you know, whether you're preventing or you're in the journey or you're in maintenance, you know, you've got to really keep those inflammatory markers down. And, um, you know, of course, his stories, how he discovered it and, and, you know, why he does what he does. And he's just, he has a, such a heart of gold and he has a very uh, balanced approach and he yeah. sees the emotional aspect as such an important part of the healing. Absolutely. Is galactin three something that you measure in all your patients? Uh, we recommend it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's something that I check on myself about once a year, you know, mm-hmm. now that I know that it's down, but <clears throat> yeah. definitely it's an important, important marker. And you follow it in it, along with other inflammatory markers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, my second person that I picked was Dr. Nisha Winters. 
Oh yeah. Love her. I just, <laughs> I just love her. I love her energy. I just like see her face and it just brings up such a beautiful feeling in my soul. Like she's just gorgeous in every mm-hmm. sense of the word and her, I'm going to use a, a Hebrew word because I, there's no English word that really says it better, but her neshama, her soul, her kind of being is just so beautiful and bright. And it just makes me smile. Um, and she said something so funny because she has a similar story to yours in that Mm -hmm. she's had repeated bouts of cancer. And, you know, when you, when you have this happen in conventional medicine, it's very off-putting for providers. They, it makes them very nervous. And so they, they tend to have a very negative response to it. Like they give up hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after one of her bouts, her response was like, well, I'm still alive. So now what? (laughs) (laughs) And, And, um, she said that ringing the bell is really just the beginning of the journey. And it's after you complete all of that conventional treatment that the healing really starts. And um, she told me that she thinks fasting probably saved her life, Uh, which is interesting because we really didn't talk much about fasting until a few years ago. I mean, I can remember being interviewed on my couch in my, in my home just before COVID about, you know, what, what does a cancer doctor think about fasting? And, um, it's really in the last three, four, five years that the information around fasting has exploded, but, um, it, it is really I I think that it is going to define the next decade of, of care, not only in the cancer realm, but in the aging realm, because, you know, we're not going to prevent aging, but we're certainly going to accelerate it unless we start to live more physiologically in circadian rhythm with how we, um, ate in an evolutionary way. And we were actually designed for long periods of fasting. And the truth is that we are meant to uh, operate as well in a fasted state as we are in a fed state, right? Like we couldn't come out of the cave in the morning and see the saber tooth tiger and say, can you just hold on a minute? Because I haven't (laughs) had my breakfast, right? And we, when did we hunt? We hunted in a fasted state. We gathered in a fasted state. I mean, we are meant to perform well in a fasted state and overeating has probably been quite detrimental and responsible for a majority of our chronic disease. Yeah. She, her book, the metabolic approach to cancer was a great book. I had the privilege of being coached by her one-on-one before she stopped doing all oh, of that. So, wow. Yeah. So I learned, I learned a lot from her and she's, yeah, she's become a dear friend. So she's, she uh, is an amazing lady. And I yeah. do think that everyone should read her book, the Absolutely. metabolic approach to cancer, because I, I, I think it was, I mean, it, it, it's brilliant. And I think 
people really need to understand what is happening in the body so that they can correct it. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who, who else <laughs> impressed you? Um, so I picked uh, Bethany Webb. Uh, she wrote the book, My Guru Cancer. And <clears throat> the reason I picked her is because I love her attitude. When you read her book, she, she really has such a beautiful mindset about the journey and the treatments. And she did a lot of the work by Byron Katie. And so she used a lot of that. And she was um, moving along really well. She was feeling great. You know, the doctor said you're cancer free, but then she started having some chronic back pain. And for months and months, she kept asking questions and they said, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. Finally, she insisted on a scan. And sure enough, she now had stage four lesions in her spine, liver and, 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 and um, abdomen. So she said, you know, because I was trained to find love and beauty in all events of life, um, I really, you know, took that in. She says, I allowed myself to feel the emotions. There were times when there was fear and, you know, the what ifs, but I, I took control of my mind and my feelings and was able to go through that and, and ask myself the right questions. And so the Good news is she's another example, you know, now and, you know, no evidence of disease, uh, but she, you know, she had to do some extra work and dive a little bit deeper. Now she understands what allowed the recurrence to come back. And so she's on a path to, you know, live a full, happy, healthy life. Yeah. And um, I was just, just going to say too, I think it's important for, for women to hear these stories because that could be you, you know, they, it's, it's yeah, I know when I went through my second healing journey, I immersed myself in books that had all kinds of healing stories and, and the scientific reasons behind them and the, the emotional and, you know, all these things, because it's encouraging to know if they can do it, why can't I do it? I just need to understand the process. That's so true. Um, and, you know, you and I have this amazing, amazing mm -hmm. privilege to be witness to stories like this all the time. Yeah. Um, I know that a quarter of my practice are women with metastatic disease, and they always come into my practice filled with fear because when you are in the conventional medical world and you have stage four disease, what, what did they tell you, right? They say that, We'll give you this drug. It's going to work for this period of time and you're going to progress and, you know, you're going to die of your disease. And it, it's not exactly a hope filled situation. And you and I have this amazing front row seat to these transformational stories. Uh, and, you know, lest anyone doubt that just read radical remission by Kelly Turner, read radical hope. I mean, these are these are amazing stories of people that some of them did conventional therapy, but all of them worked on their health themselves, worked on the 10, you know, factors that led to their radical remission. And so these stories are everywhere. And um, one that comes to mind for me is a woman who was in a very bad marriage 
And, you know, she got all the conventional treatment and went plant-based and went organic and, you know, tried to work on her sleep and tried to move her body and clean the toxins out of her environment. And ultimately what she needed to reverse her disease was a husbandectomy. Mm. That's what she calls it. (laughs) So, you know, Sometimes you need to change that job. Sometimes you need to move out of that moldy home. Sometimes you need to, you know, do something drastic, like get out of a relationship that is hurting you. And just thinking about that environment that it's creating, right? Um, And and so, you know, going back to what Sharon still said, where cancer grows, where cancer is invited. And if you are living in a toxic situation, that's, that's what you're going to get is toxicity. Um, my cutoff for people with new symptoms like back pain or something, hip pain, something that they can't explain is two weeks. Like if you bumped it, if you bruised it, if you something like that, something that's not meaningful, I give you two weeks to feel better. And if, and when you don't, that's when I start to investigate. I don't, I don't let things linger. Um, what about you is what, what is your, what is your trigger? What is your cutoff? Pretty much the same. I mean, that's, especially if we know their background and their history and, um, and it's not usual for them to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. You know, it just goes back to you, your mothering days. Like if your boo-boo isn't better in two weeks, <laughs> it's time to figure out what it is. Right. 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 Um, so I had an awesome interview with Dr. William Lee. Mm. And um, I mean, his, his book, which is on my, on my shelf, Eat to Beat Disease, I, is, is brilliant, albeit a little on the longer side and maybe a little too technical for most, but I loved what he was talking about in terms of the role of the microbiome and the importance of nurturing your microbiome. Because so often when people go on a breast cancer journey, they're very focused on the breast and maybe they're thinking about their diet a little bit, but I don't, I don't know that most people are making the connection between the importance of the health of your microbiome and your ultimate outcome, because our microbiome is in constant communication with 70% of our immune system. And ultimately breast cancer is a failure of the immune system. I mean, we have all these reasons why the immune system is failing, right? We're living in this toxic soup. We're living under tremendously stressful conditions. We're over-exercising, we're under-exercising, we're eating too much sugar. Like all of these things are immunosuppressants. And unless, and, and unless you have a healthy microbiome, there's really no path to health. I know it's where I start with all of my patients, but Some of the statistics that he quoted were really impressive. Eating five to six grams of fiber a day, which is equal to one pair, that reduces mortality by 30%. Wow. That's pretty impressive. 
-hmm. Now I know that that is comparing to someone who is on a low to no fiber diet, but you know, a lot of America is on a low to no fiber diet. Like a lot of people are living on kind of meat alone. And if you're doing that, you literally have no fiber in your diet. He said 50% of our foods can go head to head with drugs. Head to head. Wow. That's really impressive. Very. Now we've all, we've all seen the data around um, exercise and depression. And we know that exercise is better than any of the drugs that we have on the market for depression. So it shouldn't surprise me, but I guess the most surprising part is that people don't go to it more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if this can be a solution, why aren't we using it as a solution? He talked about the importance of avoiding alcohol, processed meats, colorings, flavorings, food additives. Um, and his biggest stressor was that overeating is a huge problem and we all need to be skipping meals now and again. Yeah. So um, I just, I love his energy. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. And we had, we had a really, really great talk. Wonderful. Wonderful. So my next uh, speaker uh, was Sylvie Beljansky. Oh, I love her. <laughs> yes, um, she's the COO of the uh, or CEO of the Beljansky Foundation. So what really drew me to her was her personal story. I mean, literally, her father was was poisoned by the French government and the powers that be in the medical system in France. He ended up dying. But on his deathbed, he called Sylvie and said, you know, please carry on this legacy. You know, we've seen how these, um, you know, the research I've done, the products I've brought together, plant-based products, um, they, they can reverse cancer. And so she took the bull by the horns and now she is, you know, continuing his, her father's legacy. And what impresses me so much about their foundation is that they are doing real research. I mean, with, uh, you know, very powerful institutions, um, they've done research on ovarian and prostate stem cells, cancer stem cells. And they've seen that they're, they're some of their products literally kills those stem cells and can reverse the the aspect and the this next step for them is is the research on breast cancer stem cells and you know we know that that's a main cause of cancer breast cancer recurrence and so i'm so excited and so supportive of the work that they're doing because that's not being done you know their conventional medicine doesn't even think beyond that so um the success well of that's because it's not a goal of theirs to cure cancer. Right. <laughs> Which I, I know that that's, that's the very cynical side of me talking. Um, but the truth is that it's not a goal of theirs because if they were to cure cancer, their business is over and pharmaceutical companies are in the business of being in business. Right. Yeah. It's so, a... Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not looking to prolong life. They are. That That's definitely their goal is to prolong life, but it's not to cure cancer. Yeah. yeah. So 
So definitely um, listen to her interview and and get her book, Winning the War on Cancer. So it's a small little book, um, but it's it's a tearjerker, but it's such a, a great story of persistence and dedication to doing what's right and helping, you know, helping people survive. Yeah. And especially in the area of ovarian cancer, because there's so little that is effective um, and that's multifactorial. First, so many ovarian cancers are diagnosed late because mm-hmm. we don't have good diagnostic tools for good screening tools for ovarian cancer. I am hoping with the judicious use of circulating tumor cells that that changes and that we can have a greater impact on that disease. Um, but I'm, I'm really encouraged to know that they're seeing some promising results in that area because again, it is, it is really important. Um, and I too look forward to their data on, on breast cancer because, because we need it, right? We need more effective non-toxic tools. And if someone can use one of these natural agents and get results that are similar to or better than what we're getting with chemotherapy. This is really important work, which is sadly why her father was murdered. Yeah. Yes. Um, but she is a great lady and I'm sure it was an awesome interview. It was, it was really great. Yeah. And speaking about disruptive technologies, one of my interviews that I did, which may be more on the technical side of things, but I think probably is one that is of utmost importance for anyone concerned about breast cancer to hear is my interview with Dr. John Clock. So um, he is the inventor of QT imaging and QT imaging is a painless, safe, affordable, non-radiating, highly, highly accurate way to screen for breast cancer. Um, and he, he's been the head of this, of many startup companies that, that he has invented disruptive medical equipment. Uh, he invented the calcium score test. He invented Mm. the virtual colonoscopy And um, the National Cancer Institute actually approached him to come up with a solution for MRI because MRI currently is considered the definitive screening test for the breast. Now, not everyone qualifies for it, obviously, because it's expensive and that kind of thing. It is reserved for screening of certain populations, high-risk populations, women who have already had breast cancer, women who have implants, um, women with BRCA mutations. But when you're using MRI for screening, there are a host of problems. There's access problems. Um, It's very expensive. And not the least of which it requires gadolinium. Mm -hmm. And though we are told that gadolinium is safe, we have been told that many things are safe, that it's simply not true, right? We were told that cigarettes are safe. (laughs) So, you know, 
we, we have not always received the most accurate information from the people that are in charge of um, assuring our safety. So um, the National Cancer Institute gives him $20 million to kind of solve this MRI screening problem. And it, what he comes up with is actually something that though it wasn't intended on replacing mammography, it certainly can. So by using circumferential sound waves transmitted through an ionized water bath, this um, collects 200,000 times more data points than MRI. Wow. And creates an image with 40 times the resolution of MRI. So in as little as four minutes or as much as 15 minutes, depending on the size of the breast, a woman can safely, comfortably, accurately undergo breast cancer screening. And so this really is going to disrupt the industry. So, you know, I want as many women as possible to know about this because I want them to ask for it. I not only want them to ask for it, I want them to demand it because we should not be doing screening mammogram anymore. And though ultrasound is an option, it does not have nearly the resolution of this. And thermography is an option, but again, thermography is going to miss a lot of cancers because thermography is looking for heat. And some cancers, which are very active, will have that heat signal, but most breast cancers are very slow growing and they're not going to be uh, active on thermography. So thermography for me is just, it's not enough to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. uh, but this is really going to disrupt the breast imaging industry as we know it today. So that was a talk that I was really excited about. And I hope that everyone makes sure that they see that one. Yes. QT imaging. I mean, that's, that's a radical game changer because. Yeah. And, I, and I hope they don't kill them. <laughs> right. I, mean, I really do hope they don't kill them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so another um, doctor that I interviewed that I really enjoyed was Dr. Devin Stone. Now he's um, part of the research department uh, for a product called Halen. So Halen is a fermented soy beverage that has been around for over 40 years. It was initially developed in China to help patients who are going through chemotherapy and were developing cachexia. You know, they wanted them to have some good nutrition. So one bottle of Halen contains 25 bushels, yeah, 25, 25 bushels of fermented soy in one bottle. Whoa. Yeah, yeah it's super, super, I mean, talk about a super food, super concentrated. And I was introduced to Halen in the early 90s when I was having some issues, some ovarian issues, and um, cleared everything up beautifully. And we know that soy has gotten a bad rap over yeah. the years. And, and so it comes can from... you, can you please like just dispel all of that nonsense for us, please? <laughs> so, 
conventional medicine tells has you know has instilled a sphere uh, in women about their hormones oh you're er positive or pr positive so your hormones are driving the cancer so we have to shut down your hormones and don't go near anything that has plant estrogens in them because it's going to trigger the cancer but the reality is that these plant estrogens have a, have a very protective effect on those you know estrogen receptor sites and and breast breast cell sites um, and they actually help to balance your hormones and to remove some of those aggressive estrogens in, in the blood. So um, this particular product, and, and I used it during my first and second healing journey, I still use it on a maintenance level. I mean, it's, it's so potent and so powerful, full of probiotics, but the research that is done uh, on it over the last years has just been a game changer. And I've seen many women stage four, who've added that in their protocol, and it's really made a, a big difference for them. Um, so, you know, the the beauty of what he talks about in, in very simple terms, so you can understand it is, you know, how this works and why it's so important, you know, and, and the advantage to adding this to your protocol. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that, that interview, since I've been a proponent, proponent of the Halen for many, many years. So uh, 30 years now. Yeah, that's amazing. And we really need to have intelligent conversations around phytoestrogens and soy. I mean, I still get questions every single day. Should I be avoiding soy? Should I be avoiding flax? <laughs> and it's like on and on and on. Right. Should I not eat beans because they have plant estrogens in them? And it's really a shame that we have such a deep misunderstanding about what, what phytoestrogens or plant estrogens are and what they do. But um, the conventional medical world has really scared people away from, from these foods that we know are so beneficial and actually can make a huge difference as, as evidenced by, by your journey. Right. And so yeah. I, I'm I'm so glad that that talk is there, and I I hope that everyone makes sure to catch that one. Um, my my last personal favorite, and again, like there were so many, it was really hard to I choose. Can pick. I know it was so hard to choose, but my interview with Dr. Barb McDonald just blew me away. Um, she she kind of got called to cancer. Like she started off her career saying, I'm not going to treat cancer. And everyone who turned up on her doorstep had cancer. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, God, okay, universe, I surrender. I hear you. This is my space. I'm going to own it. Um, and, you know, she talked about the things that most of us talk about and a identifying root causes. Um, but she did give us some treatment secrets, which I, I love to hear this because so many people are um, cautioned using certain supplements during treatment because they're told that, oh, that has antioxidant properties. So that's going to cancel out the chemotherapy. And a lot of that is not true. So for instance, we know with turmeric, even though it's highly anti-inflammatory, it's also a, a chemosensitizer. 
And so people who get turmeric while they're getting chemotherapy actually do better. So she talked about chemo and turmeric. She talked about diet and chemo because we know from the work at USC with Dr. Walter Longo, we know the work out of El Nutra. I mean, they're not done with their research yet. So they're not as forthright in talking about it as Dr. Longo is, but we, we know what this data is going to be. And that's that if you have chemo in a fasted state, those cells, those normal cells are protected and they're, you're not going to have as many side effects, which means that you're not going to have the fatigue. You're not going to have the nausea. You're not going to need all the support products because your white cells are going to be protected. Um, but your cancer cells, which are dysregulated, are not going to be able to go into that same quiescent state as your normal cells. So they're going to have more of an effect from the chemotherapy. So the, the data around fasting mimicking diet and how you eat before, during, and after chemo really matters. And getting out of that, no matter what you do, don't lose weight mentality getting out of that, like, oh, I just had chemo. I'm going to go home and have a bowl of mac and cheese. Like her talking about how you need to fuel yourself properly through this process is so important. She talked about doxycycline and coenzyme Q. She talked about adriamycin and coenzyme Q. She talked about if you're on tamoxifen or an AI, the benefits of green tea and vitamin D. And then she talked about what to do during radiation, stopping CoQ10 and uh, using calendula on your gel on your skin. Mm -hmm. So it was really like th those things were great. Um, but then she took us through a guided meditation on the five elements, earth, metal, fire, water, wood, and what all of those things mean and what they call up for you and bring up for you along your breast cancer journey. And it was just an amazing spiritual experience. It's about the last 20 minutes of the interview. And I'm going to say like, Everyone has to watch that one because it was just so profoundly transformational. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I really, really loved it. So I'm, I'm so excited that this is coming out. Um, the first day is, is January 16th. It will run through the 22nd. And then I believe we have an encore weekend the following weekend where you can catch any of the um, episodes that you missed. But more importantly, if you hear, if you like what you hear and you want to hear it again, I think it's pretty easy and fairly economical to just join Dr. Talks and then you get access to our summit and other people's summits. So um, I, I, I just know that this is going to be invaluable for people. And I'm so grateful that you joined me on this journey because <laughs> it would have been almost impossible for me to do it all myself. <laughs> and you, I couldn't have picked a better partner. 
Oh, well, thank you. I think it's such a great, a great balance. Um, and I think we, um, we work well together and then we bring, you know, such different sides of the coin, but we all come to the same place at the same time. So yeah. thank you for, for working with me and, and same thing, you know, if you know other women out there that need this information, please share the link, you know, let other people know, because this, this is truly life saving information. So. Yeah. Enjoy. And can you give your book a plug, please? Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, it's up there, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally. And um, it, it takes a deep dive into the seven essential system. And we also have a um, an online course that you can take, How to Survive and Thrive. It combines conventional treatments and natural medicine. So it teaches you, you know, if you're doing chemo, what can you do to offset the effects and, and make chemo more, you know, more... Uh, effective against the cancer, you know, some of the things that you discussed. So um, you can find us at breastcancerconquer.com. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put all the links to your book, how to survive and thrive. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. If you are just starting off on your journey, I highly recommend that you read my book, The Smart Person's Guide to Breast Cancer, to answer all of those questions that you're asking so that you can make the best decision for you, make the right plan for you, because not that you only get one shot at this, but I never want people to make decisions that will affect them forever because they were scared today. And no matter where you are in the process, with very few exception, you have time. You have the time and space to make the decision that is right for you. And what I, what I try to do with my book is to give you all the information that you need to make that decision correctly. Uh, so I took all of my years in surgery, uh, working with all the different conventional providers. I gave you all the questions that you need to ask them. And then I gave you some guidelines on what you should be doing for your health while you were making your plan. And then how to follow up afterwards. So make sure you pick up a copy of the Smart Person's Guide to Breast Cancer. If you liked this podcast episode, please like and share it with your friends. I know that you know someone that needs to hear this. So share the podcast. Make sure that you sign up for the Breast Cancer Breakthrough Summit. And we are going to do a live Q&A at the end of the summit. So if you get through that summit and you have burning questions, we are going to be there to answer them. So for now, I'm going to say bye. This has been wonderful and we will see everyone real soon. Yes. Sending you a big healing heart hug, everybody. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Keeping Abreast podcast with Dr. Jack. I hope you found the discussion informative and empowering. Remember, breast health is health. So by staying informed and taking proactive steps, you have the power to optimize your well-being. My team and I encourage you to apply the knowledge gained from today's episode to make positive changes in your life and share what you've learned with others. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback and support mean the world to us and help us to reach more people who can benefit from these conversations. 
Stay connected with me on social media where I share additional resources, advice, updates, and announcements related to breast health. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dr. Jen Simmons. And remember, my Jen has two ends. So until next time, remember to stay proactive, informed, and confident in your breast health journey. The key to your health is you.